Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Marshall Hamilton, an account executive for Federal at Tyler Technologies. Marshall, thanks for joining me. Jory, thanks for having me. A lot to dive into here when it comes to all things FOIA. This is FOIA requests, a volume that's growing every single year. Agencies have to struggle to deal with all of this. Given this you know, volume that we're seeing each year, what are some of the common challenges agencies face in managing all those requests, all those FOIA requests, and you know, ultimately how they keep on top of that? So great question, Jory, and I, I kind of break it down into multiple categories, um, resources, um, volume slash backlog, which you mentioned, document management, and then reporting, right? So from a resource perspective, um, FOIA offices have traditionally been understaffed and under, and under budgeted, right? So when you add the fact that volumes are increasing at a, at a high rate, um, it's, a, it's a lot tougher for them to do things like meet deadlines, um, you know, address these requests in a, in a timely manner. Um, you also add in the fact that most FOIA offices have part-time, uh, you know, employees, right, that are working on FOIA. So if you look at the, the FTEs associated, you know, to a FOIA office, that number gets even lower, right? So they, they traditionally have to pull resources from other departments to start working those requests, which again, uh, can add to the, the time it takes to fulfill those requests. When you look at the volume and, and, and the backlog that's associated with, with the in increasing volume, um, you know, the fact that there are a number of offices who are uh, struggling to, to get those resources, that adds the time that it takes to do things like search for those documents, review those documents, redact those documents, uh, things like deduplication, um, you know, being able to track deadlines that are associated with these requests. Uh, it is, is a big reason why, uh, you know, these backlogs are increasing, which is, a, again, a major challenge that all these offices are looking to address. Uh, document management, I, I touched a little bit on it, but that tends to be the most time-consuming part of the process, right? So finding that record, uh, reviewing it, um, you know, deduplicating the documents, redacting those documents, um, that, that tends to be where things slow down. Um, so, again, you, you add in the fact that there aren't as many people that can do that, right? And, uh, and, and, and the fact that um, that's typically what takes the longest, again, that, that, that's a big challenge today. And then lastly, reporting, right? So there are several agencies who have to manually create reports or the software that they use um, doesn't necessarily make it easy for them to auto-generate reports like the DOJ annual report, the chief FOIA officer reports and even internal reports that those agencies want to track for their own internal uh, performance reviews and things of that nature. So um, those are the four categories. Those aren't the only challenges, but I think those are the top four uh, that come to mind. And you mentioned FOIA management software. What are some of the tools in that software that help agencies get ahead of these challenges? Absolutely, so e-discovery is a big one, right? That helps with uh, the document, uh, you know, search, review, deduplication, um, some have redaction capabilities, so that, that's typically used on the front end of the FOIA request process. Then you have case management tools um, that are meant to essentially uh, help manage the FOIA request workflow from, from beginning to end, right? Things like reporting, ad hoc searching, um, task uh, uh, tracking, you know, deadline tracking, assigning these requests. Um, the case management tools are, are really designed to can streamline that process um, from cradle to grave, and then you add in things like AI 
uh, RPA, you know, which is a hot topic in general in, in the software industry in, in particular, uh, in, in government software that are meant to, um, again, kind of automate and streamline some of the things that uh, humans may not have the time to do, or like we talked about with, with staff challenges, right? It, it can kind of act as a, uh, a staff member, if, if you will. Um, and then the last piece that I think that uh, is not talked about as much is the records management piece. So there, there's records management software that can kind of help you track, um, you know, the deadlines associated with uh, how long a record is allowed to be, uh, you know, in possession of the government and when they have the ability to get rid of that record. Um, so those are the, 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 the types of software that can be used. I, I think e-discovery and case management are the, the top two when it comes to uh, what a government agency would need. But... Uh, AI is becoming a, a, a big uh, need as well as, as we see some of these trends. And you mentioned earlier about the deadlines agencies face mm -hmm. throughout the process to respond to the requesters, keep them informed on where they are in the process and where they are with the other pool of requesters that are seeking documents as well. You know, between that, between the regulations, there's a lot of P's and Q's that agencies really need to mind in this whole process. Right. What, what are some of those that agencies need to keep in mind as they're dealing with this? And again, going back to the tools, how can agencies make sure that they're following all those regulations, all those deadlines? Absolutely. I mean, there's a number of things, right? You have the reporting regulations and guidelines. Um, I mentioned the DOJ annual report. So having a software that is purpose-built to have the data elements uh, being tracked and managed so that you can auto-generate that report with a few clicks uh, is a big help to agencies. And then you look at the deadline tracking, right? That 21-day statute, um, or if you know there's certain exemptions that uh, allow the, um, the the government to to stop the clock. Um, so having a software that can do things like that, or you know, add justifications to extending the deadline, you know, for that requester um, is another big thing. But also doing things like uh, auto creating an auto, and automatically sending the FOIA acknowledgement letter, right? That's something that can, that can be done, you know, through a case management software so that they already acknowledge it automatically. Um, so they already kind of hit, hit that, that piece of it. Um, as well as, you know, just being able to track, uh, again, the deadlines associated with all the things I mentioned. You know, you have to send the report to DOJ by a certain time, right? So being able to have that task management, that, that task notification uh, capability to, again, kind of keep everything uh, uh, in line with, you know, what, you know, the DOJ OIP who kind of sets the rules for everybody, making sure you're hitting all those guidelines and regulations. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about FOIA case management, this is inherently a thing where you're dealing with sensitive documents, the redacting of those documents so that there is a possible viable public release for those documents. Mm -hmm taking out the sensitive information. So it's always that careful talent, that careful transition and balance between, you know, ease of access, the public disclosure, yep. and then keeping stuff out there that's gotta stay out there. How, how do agencies, you know, do that in a, a process that scales up, that's easy for them to handle? And, you know, again, what are the tools that you know, help them uh, manage that really tricky balance. Absolutely. So I think first and foremost, you have to have a FedRAMP certified software, right? I think it starts there. Um, and then 
you know, within that software, having the capability to have some type of role-based permission model or role-based security model so that, it, so that even internally, um, the folks who have access to that software are only really seeing the data and, and interact, interacting with the data that they should be interacting with. So um, there are softwares out there that, you know, you can set permissions so that this type of role can only see, you know, this data or this type of role can, you know, see, you know, any level of sensitivity, right? Or kind of having groups within a, a software so that, you know, if you choose that group, it automatically lets the software know that this group is allowed to see this type of data. So I think, you know, externally, FedRAMP is big, right? So being able to kind of have that, that uh, security wall to keep folks outside from getting access to that data, but even internally making sure that, again, there's some type of role-based security uh, structure so that, um, the people that are supposed to see certain things and, and do certain things with that data are able to do that. And the ones that aren't supposed to, aren't able to do that. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned early on about this emerging role of RPA, of artificial intelligence, having a role in FOIA administration. We've seen some agencies already start to do that. We spoke to the State Department, yeah. said that they're working on that. Uh, it's really some really next level stuff for them to do again, a growing level of work every single year. Um, in terms of where you see things going, what kind of role do you see AI and, and all flavors of automation having when it comes to FOIA work? Uh, that's a great question. And I, I think it goes to how can it streamline the most time consuming, uh, the most complex, and the most repetitive things that you know a FOIA personnel uh, has, to, has to deal with, right? So. Um, deduplication is, is, is a big thing. Um, I was at uh, ASAP, which is you know one of the major FOIA conferences uh, that happened annually, and uh, there was a gentleman who said that he would like the software to, to uh, eventually have some predictive capability where um, when you apply exemption codes to redactions, over time the system starts to pick up on that and can start to predict that, oh, you need to have these exemption codes applied and these redactions based off of other requests that are similar or other documents that are similar. So um, redaction, again, auto-redaction, being able to identify you know, sensitive information and have the system automatically redact uh, things like that. But even um, you know, things like assigning requests to the right folks, reassigning requests. So let's say I'm a FOIA analyst and you know, I'm working 10 requests, right? And uh, there's another FOIA analyst who's only working, you know, two or three. The system can be set up so that, you know, once it gets to a certain threshold for that analyst, it can either reassign it to someone who has more availability, or uh, or just not assign it to that person in general because they have too many requests on their plate, right? And then you think about um, again that staffing challenge that we talked about. Um, that's not probably going to change in the near future which is why having automation to kind of bridge that gap is, is even more important because it's a lot harder to get budget for a person than it is, you know, software these days, so. Yeah, all great points there. Uh, we'll have to take a short break here. Uh, we'll continue this conversation in a moment. My guest today is Marshall Hamilton, an account executive for Federal at Tyler Technologies. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman. 
My guest today is Marshall Hamilton, an account executive for Federal at Tyler Technologies. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman. And Marshall, I wanted to just stay on the AI automation topic for a little bit longer because I think people get a little nervous when that comes up and what that means for their work and things going forward. I think the thing to really unpack here is just that the automation is meant to help them out a little bit and that ultimately there's going to be a human in the loop for this process. Can you spend a little bit more time uh, on that piece of things? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a fair concern and fair question. Um, I think all technology, including AI, is meant to make a human's life easier, right? So when I think about uh, the most time-consuming activities that a FOIA personnel has to deal with, AI, I think, is really a force multiplier to help streamline and accelerate uh, things to reduce that backlog um, to again, kind of do the things that don't require uh, a knowledge worker or a human to make a decision on, right? So when it comes to the way that AI can, can help, uh, you know, FOIA offices, I, I think there are a number of ways, but that, the overall arching theme is how can we help these FOIA personnel achieve their mission, right? It all comes back to the mission. And uh, I think AI has the potential, uh, if used correctly, uh, to, to do that, not to necessarily be... Uh, a replacement of a human, if, if you will. All right, and then going back to your point earlier about how you know some employees, they might be dealing with three ongoing FOIA cases, another employee might be going on with 10. To go with that, that traffic cop you know, mentality of mm -hmm. making sure everyone's equitably dealing with the same amount of work or, or redistributing that if things are, are not equitable, um, you know, what more can agencies do to monitor the status of FOIA requests, where they are within that process? You know, obviously some FOIA requests are going to be easier and faster to process than others. Sure. Juggling all that, how do agencies effectively do all that? Yeah, I think reporting and analytics is a big uh, way to handle that, right? Whether that's um, ad hoc reports that a system can generate to kind of see or how many requests are due this week, this month. Um, what are the tasks associated with those requests? Having queues, right? Dashboards um, to show um, in real time where things are. But I think even ha having a deeper level of analytics, where you can kind of drill down into bottlenecks, right? Every uh, FOIA request uh, has a certain workflow tied to it, right? So being able to see, all right, where is that request in the workflow? Where are things moving at a, at a good pace? Where are things slowing down? Um, who's working that request in that particular workflow stage, right? That person who's, you know, uh, uh, working the review stage of it, right, may be uh, overburdened with, with too many things to review, right? So being able to say, all right, well, if things are slowing down in this review stage, you know, for example, well, why? All right, well, we see why. This person's reviewing, I don't know, thousands of pages of documents, and uh, they're, they're reviewing and they're interacting with requests that are due in three days. Let's take that review task and assign it to someone else who maybe has a little bit more bandwidth so that, again, we meet those deadlines. So I, I think reporting and analytics will be huge. Mm -hmm. And when we think about FOIA, you know, really what it's all about at the end of the day, it's transparency, it's accountability, you know, people who want these documents getting access to them. To, to drive home to that point of things, sure. you know, how can agencies make sure that their FOIA workloads, their stream, their, their uh, they're transparent, they're streamlined, and they're accountable to the people that are ultimately meant to serve. Sure, sure. So, so I think the FOIA reading room, the public reading room is, is huge for uh, transparency, but also to reduce the amount of requests and the backlog. 
So when an agency can post documents that are commonly asked for, that are you know available to the public, that reduces the need for um, a requester to actually go through the, the FOIA request process, right? So that's, that's number one. I, I think number two is having the ability through a online portal um, of some kind to give that requester some type of visual representation of where their request is in the FOIA request workflow, right? Whatever granularity that agency wants to give that requester is completely up to the agency, but I've seen success in having a portal where a requester can log in and see, oh, it's in the intake phase. Oh, it's in the review, st review stage. Oh, it's in the acknowledgement phase, right? So giving them that, that high level of transparency um, I think is helpful, but if you don't want to do that, um, I think having a way where the requester can be automatically notified as the request moves from one stage in the workflow to the next. So from intake to, you know, to the next stage, right? And getting a, an email saying, hey, your FOIA request has moved from this stage to this stage. Um, that all, you know, doing things like that and just kind of having that, that frequent touch point uh, throughout the process, I think will be uh, appreciate, appreciated by the requester, but also again, meeting the government's goal of transparency and, and accountability. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to circle back to your point about analytics and, and that role in everything. You know, we're of course in a day and an age where people want those regular updates of where they are in the process, you know, where, uh, where and when they can expect to hear an answer back from agencies. When it comes to the data, when it comes to the analytics parts of things, what more can agencies do to kind of slice and dice that FOIA data and and really give people uh, a better, closer look at how things are working behind the scenes. Yeah, I think there's a there's a internal uh, piece that can can help the external piece. And I'll give you an example. I'm at a conversation with a chief FOIA officer. I'm at ASAP uh, back in June, and he said, "I want to get a report uh, at 6:30 a.m. where I look at my email and I see where are the fires that I need to put out, right?" So he, he has that high level, you know, kind of 30,000 foot view of what's going on underneath all of my FOIA, you know, offices, right? And then being able to address those fires accordingly, right? So I think um, as that's happening, that gives, you know, the folks that are helping address those fires the ability to be in more frequent and transparent communication with the requester to say, you know, hey, I know your request is, at this point, whether it's, you know, we're, we're 20 days and we have one day to acknowledge it, um, here's where we are, you know, we're gonna acknowledge your request, you know, shortly, Th things like that. So I think, again, it starts at the government level of understanding what's going on internally. So in turn, they can address it as fast as they can and as, 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 uh, as accurately as they can so that they can keep that requester um, in the loop with what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I want to stay with that idea of the common challenges as voiced by those chief FOIA officers at these agencies, because again, they're juggling a lot of things here. Sure. Uh, you know, you mentioned how the FTEs, you know, the workforce is often going down. You know, it's more work being spread amongst fewer people. What are some of the other challenges that are worth going into some detail here as agencies are dealing with all things FOIA? Yeah, so I, I want to touch on the staffing part because um, it kind of coincides with the reporting and analytics piece. I think one of the underrated uh, values of having a reporting and analytics tool is using it as a business case 
to get more staffing, right? To get the resources you need. Because if you can go upstream to you know, the powers that be and say, hey, this is what we're seeing. Here's why we need to hire another full-time employee. Here's why we need to have an AI software that does this. Here's why we need to have these things. Um, I, I think it will help kind of you know, address some of these common challenges. Because as you can see, the common theme here is all of these, all of these things are kind of connected in one way or, or another, right? And I think software is kind of that way to bridge those gaps between those challenges. Um, we talked about the increasing volume of requests. Um, I think that this kind of goes back to COVID, right? COVID really, um, I think, was a blessing in disguise for a lot of these FOIA offices because um, as I mentioned, they've traditionally been understaffed and under budgeted. And, uh, you know, getting a FOIA request by email, by mail, and, and, and kind of fulfilling them, you know, through that avenue was um, still kind of the, the way to do it. I mean, a lot of these agencies had software, but they, again, they were still dealing with a lot of things, uh, uh, you know, uh, manually, if you will. So I, I think when, when, when COVID happened and I could no longer go to you person to person internally and say, hey, how are we, how are we, how are we on these requests? You know, where are we as far as tracking these deadlines? Having that human collaboration uh, was kind of taken away, right? So now you go to doing things pretty much all digitally and some agencies have gone back to the office and some are still pretty much remote, but it, it, uh, it, it really showed that, look, we need a software to kind of manage this process, especially you know, in the post-COVID world that we're in. So I think that um, some of those challenges are still happening post-COVID, you know, because if you think about how, how long FOIA has been around, most of it has been pre-COVID, right? So um, I think we're, the government's starting to catch up to how to address, you know, some of the challenges pre-COVID um, and, and post-COVID. All right, Marshall, some great insights there, but I think we're gonna have to leave it there. All right. I'd like to thank today's guest, Marshall Hamilton, an account executive for Federal at Tyler Technologies. I'm your moderator, Jory Heckman, and you're listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Tyler Technologies.